Welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. My name is Thomas Majors, and I'm joined by David Haynes. And we are doing some things differently today. I'm in my office at, in Alcorn County. And David, where are you at? Oh, Thomas, right now, I'm actually sitting on uh, some patio furniture uh, right here at my house in Fulton, Mississippi. We are in two different locations today because of the novel coronavirus known as COVID-19. Now, currently, Alcorn County is not under a shelter-in-place regulation, but your county or your town is. Is that correct, David? Yeah, that's right. Fulton, Mississippi is under a shelter-in-place warning, I guess you could say, or advisory. Uh, There are selected businesses and organizations that can still be up and functioning, but we have been told to shelter-in-place. There are, right now, there are three confirmed cases in Itawamba County, and there may be more. We just know there are those that are confirmed, and so we are sheltering in place, trying our best to exercise the the policy of social distancing. And Thomas, I'm convinced if everybody would do what you and I are doing today, we're separated by about, I don't know what, 60 miles. Uh, If they would do that, then I think the coronavirus would find its way out of our culture very quickly. Do you think that's a safe distance, 60 miles? I don't know. I still feel this is a little close for me and you. So, (laughs) Well, the uh, COVID-19, as I said, is a novel coronavirus, which basically means that it is this this is the first time it's ever shown up in in people before. It may have been in animals, but it has came over to people now. And so we have no immune buildup uh, for this virus. We have no immunity to it. And we really have no medicine. We have no way of slowing the progress of it in, in our society, except by social distancing and self-quarantine, these shelter-in-place type regulations. So that's what we're doing. And we still wanted to uh, put out a podcast. So we decided that we would record over telephone. And we're going to talk about the coronavirus and ministry. And there's a lot of things that have changed just within the last, really the last week, and probably the last two weeks. Uh, For one thing, it is very difficult to find certain items around Alcorn County. I'm not sure if it's the same for Itawamba County and Fulton, where David is, but in Alcorn County, we're, we're having a tough time finding some things. So our home life is different. Now, we homeschool our children, so we're used to being at home and doing school. School is continuing just like normal for us. But that's not the case for many people around Mississippi. So, David, what is Fulton Schools? What are are they doing right now? Okay, so right now, all the schools uh, are not meeting until, I believe, what is it, uh, April the 17th. They may go back and meet again then. However, there may come a decision later to, 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 to not have school anymore this spring semester, but that is still to be determined. Uh, so as of right now, the schools are cooking meals to provide uh, for families who need food during this time. I know yesterday, the Itawamba school system, it was at, they were doing the cooking at Itawamba Attendance Center, which is the, uh, which is the, the elementary school school for Fulton over at Obama County. And uh, they they prepared 800 meals yesterday. Our church uh, facilitated 75 of those meals. 
we had people come to our church and pick those up. We socially distanced. We had gloves available, and we had many of those meals available uh, for people to drive by and to pick up uh, from the school. But we decided that so many of the students, so many of the kids who are out of school and eat those meals, well, they can't get to us. They don't know anything about us. A little child who is nine years old doesn't know where a church is. So uh, our associate pastor of, of youth and missions, he and one of our teenagers uh, went to some of the apartment complexes in our town, and they were able to hand out uh, many meals to many students, many kids who needed those meals. And so right now, the the, the superintendent of education's office, the, the county employees are the ones who are supervising the organization of those meals, making sure that churches know they can come and get those meals and that they're using churches to help facilitate the meals to the students. Uh, for the students who cannot get to school or cannot get to a church, we are asked to carry those out. So we're doing that right now. That's five days a week. And I believe that's going to be continuing uh, until school returns uh, or possibly until summer break gets here. I'm not sure about all of that. Uh, but right now, that's how things have changed. And Thomas, you're right. Um, it is difficult to find some of the necessities that we need. Thankfully, our family has has been blessed and uh, we have uh, we've been able to get everything that we need. There's nothing that we need that we don't have currently. But one thing we realized is that it's best to go to Walmart early, early on. If you have to make a run, like yesterday morning, uh, there were some prescriptions, some meds that I had to have uh, for my diabetes that were that were there at the Walmart pharmacy. And my wife said, let's make an early morning run. So I think it was about 7.15, man, we were right there at Walmart. Almost no one was there, but everything was fully stocked. Our Walmart, I believe, closes at 8, 8 or 8.30 in the p.m., something like that. And they open around 6 or 7 in the a.m. And so they stopped during the night. So everything was fully stocked. There was toilet paper. There was milk. There were eggs. There was meat. There was nothing. There were no bare spaces on the shelves yesterday morning. We went in and got what we needed, got the medication, and then we got out. Uh, used some good hand sanitizer and washed our hands and tried our best to, to stay safe while getting what we needed. I got a question about the uh, delivering of meals for the school. Yeah. Have you and the other um, staff members at Trinity, have you considered when it becomes unsafe for you and your church member to do so? Okay, so we have discussed that. Uh, our social pastor of youth admissions, Mark Mark Robbins, and I discussed that a little bit yesterday, and we feel that right now it is still safe. Now, uh, we discussed that shortly after the shelter-in-place advisory came down from Fulton, Mississippi, and we think that if it becomes unsafe, they, the government, will shut down the schools from cooking and preparing the meals. So the stance we're we're taking is as long as the schools are providing those meals, we will try our best to make those meals available to the people in our community uh, that need the food. Uh, we uploaded a few pictures yesterday of us distributing the meals, showing that ministry is going on. Thanks to our school system, thanks to our ministry team, our staff ministry at our church, you know, this is going on. And the first, I believe it was the first person who commented on the picture was uh, the mayor of Fulton, Mississippi. <laughs> he said, thank you. <laughs> and so we said, okay, if the mayor is approving of this, then then even though there's a shelter in place uh, uh, advisory, we think that we're okay right now, but Thomas, that may change. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to help the schools as much as we can, as long as we can. I've heard of a school that has already shut that down, that oh, uh, school system and 
like I say, I've heard that from a secondary source, not a primary source. So I won't name the yeah. school, but they had yeah. been delivering or they had been preparing meals. And mm-hmm. now their caseload in their county is up really high. And so the school oh. said it is no longer safe for us yeah. to prepare the meals and to get that out. Uh, and so they, they've had to actually stop that. And so that's I the reason you. I was asking, because I feel like if the cases continue to go up, then there's going to be the likelihood that those meals will stop for some families. That's right. You would assume the, um, the caseload goes up, the restrictions will go up as well. That just makes sense. Well, I know for us in Alcorn County, it has been very difficult to find uh, meat, milk, um, bread, and many of our stores, which here in Alcorn County, right on the Tennessee line, a lot of smaller communities around, most people, um, let's say from Biggersville and Kossuth and Selmer and other places, sometimes they travel to Corinth to come and do grocery shopping. And so they, we've, we've had a very difficult time just finding some things that, that we need as far as my family. But luckily, Amanda, my wife, she, she stays stocked up on a lot of things. She hasn't been hoarding. She hasn't sure been hoarding. She, hasn't. Uh, she just hoards all year long. So uh, it's not like she's, this is something that she's just started. It's something that she's done. She's always, uh, she's always bringing uh, stores into the storehouse. So there may be, may be meat at the pastor's That's house. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about ministry for, and yeah. some changes to ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thomas, what, what are you guys doing right now at Holly Baptist church? How has the ministry of Holly Baptist church changed recently? Well, the first thing that I would say the major way that it's changed is we're not having face-to-face meetings anymore. And that was a big decision to make. It was a tough decision to make actually on the Sunday prior. So we did not have face-to-face meetings on the 22nd, which today is Tuesday. That was just a couple of days ago. And so we did not have face-to-face meetings on the 22nd, but we did on the 15th. Many churches had already decided not to have those face-to-face meetings on the 15th because I think it was on the 12th or the 13th that our governor made it uh, 10 people. He said, you know, no groups larger than 10 people, or maybe it was Donald Trump that did so on the 12th or 13th. And so many churches who had said, we're going to have services, they went ahead and canceled those services on the 15th. But we went ahead and had them and had pretty good attendance. Um, yes, that's the same for us. And, you know, just looking back, maybe it wasn't the wisest thing for me to <laughs> yeah. do. But, yeah. but we did have services. But then I had to make the decision over the week to not have face-to-face meeting on the 22nd. Now, I know when I made my decision, when did you when did you make your decision not to have face-to-face meetings for the 22nd? Was it early or was it late? Was it middle ways? For me, it was on the uh it was on Wednesday. On Wednesday is when I made that decision just looking at the reports and watching our 
our cases in Mississippi go from like three on Monday to 11 to like 50 something, you know, on Wednesday, I thought, okay, this is escalating and we don't need to have face-to-face services. So I did it about midways of the week and gave plenty of time for preparation and getting the word out and things like that. So when did y'all make your decision and how did you come about that process? What was the process of making that decision? Okay. Yeah. So the, so the decision was made on Thursday. Uh, we made it a day after you guys did, uh, but it, it, it came through a week of deliberation on that, on that Monday, Monday or Tuesday, we have a deacon leadership team and I was texting with the deacon leadership team about some changes coming to our services. And I thought that there was a possibility that we could still have face-to-face meetings on, on the Sunday. Uh, but as the time approached, you're, I saw that we could not, you're right about the escalating numbers of confirmed cases, you could see what was coming and how that we may be putting our people at risk by having those services. And and, and really one thing that that led us to change or led me to, to, to cancel the services, the face-to-face services, was what happened on Wednesday. On Wednesday, we have an early morning Bible study. We have a late Bible study. We have youth. We, 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 we divide people up, and we had three meetings on Wednesday of nine people, nine, nine, and nine. So we were, we were totally legal. We were within the, uh, the guidelines. Everything was just fine. But I noticed something. We had two of those meetings in our fellowship hall. Our fellowship hall mantle seat. 200, 220 people, something like that. It's huge. It's huge. You could sit anywhere and people came in and sat together. Uh, my wife was seated and she came in and she was seated. She took a seat early for our evening Bible study. And then a woman came in and sat down right next to her. And then the next woman came in and sat down right next to the other lady. And, and we were told to socially distance ourselves. However, it is so ingrained in our DNA that we, when I'm saying myself, we could not do that. And it was so difficult. So I began to look at that saying, you know what? We might have the best of intentions saying, well, we're going to come to church and we're only going to stay three feet apart. We're not, we're going to get no closer than three feet or we're going to get no closer than six feet. Yeah, that's, that's, that's easy said. And is it is very difficult to practice. And so then on that Thursday, I realized there was only one thing we could do for our safety. I, I was listening to other pastors. I was listening to mentors, uh, people that I greatly respect. I was listening to medical professionals uh, in our church. I was listening to medical professionals, you know, in our state. And man, it was like the handwriting was on the wall. There, there is only really one way to do this right. We only get one chance to to do this right. And I believe the right thing was to cancel our live services. And Thomas, it was so hard. For years, I have fed off of relationships with people. And whenever you're preaching, you feed off of those relationships, the eye-to-eye contact. You know that you're preaching a passage to a person that is sitting in the pew and you're able to see their you're able to see their body language and know that they get what you're saying. And, and and so the last thing I wanted to do was cancel services. The absolute last thing I wanted to do was that, but uh, it became obvious that's what we needed to do. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, what what services are y'all having right now? So I know we've, okay. you canceled face-to-face services. For mm-hmm. us, right now, uh, this past week, we did not have Wednesday night service at all. But we did have a live stream Sunday morning service at nine o'clock. And I did some other things for my church last week. Last week, I did 
a devotion every day, starting on Monday, and we went through the seven signs of John. Those devotions ended up being anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes a piece. And so basically, they're, they're almost like sermons that, you know, my church members can go back and they can view. I've posted those to Facebook, the way they could be in the Word if they wanted to. And then we had the live stream service. And so I'm just wondering, you know, what your ministry is going to look like this week. I think I'm going to do a live stream uh, Wednesday night Bible service tomorrow, prayer meeting, maybe just take a passage and go through and explain it. Take, uh, we well, can't really take prayer requests, but just have a time where I mention, you know, some prayer needs uh, very vaguely, not necessarily names, but, and then have a time of prayer. So what are, what are your plans? Yeah, Thomas, our plans are very similar. Sunday morning, we had a live stream service at our church, very similar to yours. Our worship leader uh, led two hymns, led, it was him singing two hymns, and then uh, he sang a special, I preached, and then our uh, our associate pastor, Youth and Missions, uh, closed out the service the way he always does, by uh, concluding announcements and then prayer. Uh, so we did that, we never touched each other, the only thing we did is we did touch the same pulpit, but we we uh, uh, disinfected the pulpit afterwards, and we tried our best to make sure that we were using safety precautions, even with the doors we opened and the common objects that we touched, doors and pulpits. So we live streamed Sunday morning. Sunday night, I live streamed from my home, but our internet connection was not as good as at the church. So I, I preached my regular Sunday night service, man. We were going through the book of John, and I, I preached that next, that next sermon is what I did uh, Monday and Tuesday which is a Tuesday after Tuesday morning right now, we I uploaded a, a daily devotional both Monday and Tuesday. We're reading through the book of Judges. Several months ago, we started a daily Bible reading plan. And so uh, this month, uh, this month is the book of Judges. We're concluding, uh, we read through Joshua and Judges this month. And so right now we're in Judges reading. So I'm just overviewing the, the verses that we've read, just mentioning three or four little things. Those devotionals are probably four, three or four minutes in length. And then Wednesday night, I'm planning on being at church, only myself at church in my office, April recording the service. So our live stream capability is better there is what we found out. And so I'm going to live stream our regular uh, Wednesday devotional. Now, the, the interesting thing about us is on Wednesdays, we cover eight to 10 verses, uh, but there's a lot of discussion. And so a 30-minute uh, session without all of that discussion is going to be 15 minutes or 20 yeah. minutes is what I'm thinking because I love to have, uh, I love to have our listeners engaged in their thoughts and kind of kind of bring their perspective to the Bible passage. And so it's going to be a little different, but that's what we're going to do. Uh, so our daily devotional is one thing we're going to start probably Thursday morning as I get back to those is, uh, is I believe they're going to be written. Uh, we, the internet at our home is, is, is a little more spotty than at the church. And I'm only going to go to church for the live streaming services. So I think what I'm going to do is just is just uh, do a real quick video. Hey, this is what we're going to be doing, and look at our notes. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna just publish some notes of. Hey, did you notice in chapter nine, verse twenty four, that the Bible said, you know, whatever? And I think it would be easier for our people to to read that along as they're reading and as they're studying than to watch a a choppy or a spotty video. So that's what we're doing right now. It sounds like your church and my church is. It sounds like we're doing similar things. How long was the length of your Sunday morning sermon. 
uh, see, yeah, okay. the whole, the whole, I don't mean just the sermon. I mean, the whole yeah. service. Yeah. The whole, the whole, our whole service was probably the length of your sermon. So <laughs> 30 no, minutes. That's, no, no, no. The whole, the whole service was 44 minutes is okay. how long it was. See, I thought you were 45 to, to an hour long preacher is what I thought, man. Or, well, I am when they're in person. I am when they're in person. When they're not in person, then it's a little bit shorter. How I can change that, buddy. If you're going to preach short when you, they ain't never going to have face-to-face services. (laughs) Well, usually when I preach, usually when I preach, if I see they don't understand something I say, I go back and I explain it. Well, a camera doesn't tell you if they don't understand. And so that's right. So what kind of equipment are you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So equipment. We are using uh, just my wife's iPhone is all that we are using. We are not to the technical point that you guys are. We just are live streaming from her phone, and we do have an uh, auxiliary microphone that plugs into her phone that we're able to use. Good. We did not use that this past Sunday. Uh, however, we think it would help. One of our church members watched it and said, hey, <laughs> you guys need my microphone, and uh, dropped it off, left it in my truck, never saw him. We distanced ourselves, and uh, anyway, so... Uh, so we're going to do that. That We hope the sound quality will be a little better this Sunday for Trinity Baptist. Now, I watched some of your services. Your sound quality was fantastic. So what are you guys doing? And we've talked about this before, but uh, our DVD recorder went out like last summer, like in June. Uh-huh. And so, you know, I just made the decision then. Why buy a DVD recorder when Facebook will store all of our sermons mm-hmm. for free for us? And so yeah. we... Actually, I'm the one who went through the process of hooking the camera up and getting everything set up for the the live, to start live streaming. So we've been live streaming since uh, June of 2019, and we have it yeah. go through our board. And so yeah. we just take one of the outputs on our board, which has plenty. And most churches, their boards have plenty of outputs. And we just take one of those outputs and put it into the camera. And then the feed yeah. that comes out of the camera, we put into our computer for it to send to Facebook. And and we have pretty good sound and pretty good video. Our video was not that good uh, quite, a few, uh, quite a few months ago because we had an older camera, but we updated our camera sometime around December, beginning of January. And now yeah. we can actually zoom in and pan and tilt and zoom and you know all of those types of things so so we're set up pretty well to do live streaming right now we're we're actually still making some changes right now to our system so that we can better serve our people but yeah that's kind of where we are yeah thomas let me ask you this what did you wear to church sunday morning i wore uh i did not wear a suit i Mm -hmm. wore a sport coat and a tie. I did wear a tie. You I, did. I did. You did. Okay. Uh, can I can I share something with you? This is just me and you talking. I don't know nobody else is going to listen to this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wore I wore blue jeans and cowboy boots <gasps> Sunday morning. Now that that's my normal. That's my normal. And uh, and On I wore Sunday blue morning? jeans. And, no, that's my normal. Uh, Monday through Saturday. That's oh. my normal. But I wore blue jeans and cowboy boots and and a sport coat, a, a open collar, open collar shirt, and a sport coat. And 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 I, I preached from that. And there is that is the first time I've ever preached with blue jeans on on a Sunday. Now Wednesdays all 
always wear blue jeans. You and I have had this discussion on a previous podcast. I would never wear slacks again in my life if I didn't have to. And I feel that a formal traditional church, you have to wear slacks. If it weren't for that, I would never wear slacks again. And so, and so I preached while wearing blue jeans, while wearing my cowboy boots. And, uh, and, and so I am, I am struggling with, with, with that thought. Have I become, have I become too formal? Have I let formality creep in where I feel that I've got to wear a certain type of clothing to preach? And so Sunday morning, no one there except their staff. Um, I just wore blue jeans and cowboy boots, and uh, and it felt fine. It felt fine preaching, and and, uh, and but that is something that I'm going through. Where I think, well, in the future, would it be okay to wear blue jeans and cowboy boots if I want to? And I think the answer to that is absolutely, it would be. I think it would be fine, but uh, but anyway, that was something I struggled with Sunday. I found it odd as I was as I was getting ready, going to wear what I was going to wear. One of the staff members at Holly Baptist Church asked me what I was going to wear for Sunday, and I told them that I was going to wear a pair of shorts and flip-flops <laughs> and then have a dress shirt on and a tie and a sport coat, and no one would ever know the difference. And so, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. All right so, yeah. hey, one of the concerns, and let's let's be honest. I mean, this is a concern, I believe, for every church, whether they have reserves or not. And that is, you know, people having the ability to give. What is Trinity doing? And while you're thinking over that, I'll, I'll let you know what Holly is doing. Holly, we had set up online giving. We've been doing online giving for uh, probably over a year and a half, maybe close to two years now. And so, you know, we have almost 30% of our regular gifts come through online giving. And so that's something we've already used, but now we're allowing people to actually mail those to the office as well. And I've given out our address so they can mail gifts. We're asking people not to drop them off because we want a social distance, but we are asking people to mail them. What is, what is Trinity doing? Yeah. Okay. So about two years ago, I brought it to the attention of some of our people about uh, about online giving. However, uh, there was resistance and hesitancy to that, so it did not it did not go through. Uh, we did not start it. Looking back, we should have, uh, but we did not. And uh, so we have been. We have a PO box that we are asking our people to send their tithes and offerings to. Some some are doing that. Some um, have been doing that uh, for the last two weeks now. And uh, and we are today. Hopefully today we will have word on our new online online giving uh, format that we are working on currently. And uh, so we hope to have uh, that option available to our people uh, going forward. Yeah, that's good. Now, let me ask you this. Um, What do you think the church impact will be moving forward from this? Yeah. Okay, Thomas. A couple of things that I can think of, and uh, and you you probably have thought of something similar, in that you may be able to add a lot of discussion to this. Um, I feel that we will going forward, uh, we will take more precautions when someone is sick. It is we act sometimes as if someone is sick. Oh, well, they're just a weakling and didn't want to come to Sunday school this morning. And I think we will take precaution and say, you know what? Stay home. Whatever it is, stay home. I think that we will also provide for those who are who are home, who are sick, whatever the case may be. I think that we will provide ministry for them at a at a 
at a better rate. I think that our product will be better, whether that is Sunday morning worship, whether it is a Sunday school class, whatever the case may be. I think we're going to see that the online technology is there to minister to people who are not sitting in their pews or sitting in their chairs at church. Uh, we've just been overlooking it because of convenience. Well, it's awfully inconvenient to have to learn how to do these things or to, to, to minister in that model. But I think going forward, we will minister in that model. And I think that there will be more of an online community. I really do. I don't think that churches are going to shut down and we're going to close the doors. We're never going to meet again face to face. I don't, I don't think so. But I think that our online platform will be greatly enhanced by this. And I think this will be a change in ministry um, that over the next decade, we'll be able to look back and say, hey, 2020 COVID-19, that changed the way churches do ministry. And so ministry may not be looked at as people sitting in a pew on Sunday morning. It may be a little different and people may be able to distance worship and people may be able to distance fellowship where they may consider themselves a practical acting member of our church yet they may hardly ever be in the pews or in the chairs but they may be just as much a part of our church as anyone else is so i think those are a couple of things that they very well may be different what are some thoughts that you have well i have to say for us at holly when we made the decision to start live streaming our service that it it benefited us long before COVID-19 ever came. We noticed that after we started live streaming, about a month, month and a half after we started doing that, that our regular services picked up. Oh, That we actually had more people who would come to our face-to-face meetings after we started live streaming. And I believe what it was is because they would... They would be curious about our church. And you know, who's it? Tom Rayner says that a website is the foyer of the church. Well, I believe that Facebook Live and our live streaming services was acting more like a foyer of the church than our actual website. And what I mean is that when people would wonder about us, hey, I've heard of that church out in the country, Winnesota, uh, I wonder what they're like. They would go to the website. And then they would get a little bit of information and they think, well, I wonder, wonder if there's anything else. And they may search for us on Facebook and then they can see how we do our worship. They can see, you know, when we stand and when we sit, they can see when we take up the offering and what people do and how I preach and, and all of those things before they ever come. And so they would come to our service already knowing something about us. And seeing familiar faces because they've watched it on Facebook before they actually came. So it actually helped us. I believe it's going to help the church. Uh, All churches, when they, you know, some churches I'm sure are just only doing this for the time being. And we'll get back to -to face-to-face meetings and we'll drop it after a period of time. Sure. Because there is work to it. You know, Mm -hmm. there's work maintaining the equipment. There's work, you know, with making sure sound is okay and all of those things. But I think the benefits to the church outweigh the work that somebody has to put into it. I also believe that we're going to see, now you talked a lot about ministry. I think we're going to see some financial things happen as well. So I think one of the ways churches are going to be impacted by this is through finances. Even churches that have uh, reserves, 
I think they're going to come out of this a little bit, a little bit weaker than they did going into it. And some churches may, may drop off completely. I mean, they may have to close. They may have to uh, remove staff members. I've already heard yeah. of a church around the New Orleans area who is who has laid off some staff members or asked them to take uh, reduced salary. And so I think that may, according to how long this goes, I think that may be something that we we have to think about. I know for yeah. us, I know for us, we we usually have our facilities. We basically have an open facility policy for our church members. Hey, if you want to come up here and walk in the gym, come up here and walk in the gym. If you want to have a exercise class with some of the women in the community, well, hey, these facilities use it, you know. And we have that. We have actually had to uh, close down our facilities for this week. You know, just the thought of people coming in and out and and not knowing and people not being able to disinfect behind this group of people coming in and that group of people coming in. And so we've actually closed down our facilities and asked people not to come and not to do those things that they normally do. Yep. Yeah, that's right, Thomas. I, I really feel ministry is changing, and uh, we'll just have to wait and and see what those changes really are. All right, David. So, how long do you think this is going to go on, Thomas? That is a really good question, and I don't have a good answer for it. I know recently I've, I've read articles about President Trump wanting to reboot the economy, and I know there are certain aspects of economic decisions that will drive the uh, the end of the of the coronavirus, or at least the end of the sheltering in place orders. And it may be economic. Uh, before our churches, our churches with our distancing. We must be on guard to make sure that this doesn't spread within our own church body, within our own community. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. What I was reading and what I'm saying is four to ten weeks, and I'm hoping four weeks is what it is. We are preparing already for not having regular traditional Easter services on Easter. I don't believe by Easter it will be like normal. I don't believe yeah. we'll be able to meet indoors. I don't think it's going to be like that. We're planning on like a Easter in June celebration or whichever month it may fall on. Uh, but, but I, I'm, 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 I'm hearing four to 10 weeks and I'm hoping it's less than that. What are your thoughts on the length of it? Honestly, and this is just projecting and I hope I am completely wrong about it. I don't think churches will, will feel comfortable or people will feel comfortable having face-to-face -face meetings through April. I think through it April. will be, yeah. I think it will be sometime in May before some churches will have face-to-face -face meetings again. And still, some of those pastors are going to be more, more conservative and may even press it on to June or mm -hmm. later in May. But I, I'm, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to have Easter services like we normally would, where we have yeah. where we expect those large crowds and cantatas and things like that. Yeah. As of right now in Alcorn County, my goal right now is to have an outdoor Easter service. And we have a pretty good sized parking lot that's kind of sloped on a hill. And if the weather is nice, my goal is to have an outside and have chairs spaced three feet 
three or four feet apart and have plenty of chairs for someone to come and have a true sunrise Easter service, have it at like seven, seven thirty that morning. Not everybody's going to come and that's okay. That's probably, we probably don't need everybody to come, but a Easter sunrise service outside, I think, I think it would be really nice yeah, if we can. Yeah. And if we can't, yeah. then our goal probably is going to be something like yours and to have Easter have an Easter celebration later in the year. Yeah, I think so. Thomas, one thing I've heard is that churches consider themselves full whenever their capacity is at 80%, and that maybe those restrictions need to change and consider capacity at 60%, but I don't even know at 60% for some facilities if that would be if that would be within the guidelines of this coronavirus. So uh, what you said about being comfortable, people being comfortable being around each other, I, that, may, that may never go back to the same as it was before, and then again, it may take a long time if it does return. But you know, I was just thinking our, our sanctuary seats about 180 adults. Some Sundays we'll have 200 to 230. Uh, we have children's church areas. We have an overflow area, but we are maxed out on our space. And, and I know I preached at Holly Baptist Church a few months ago. Uh, your early service was packed out. Uh, what what do you guys, what is your sanctuary seat? And then what do you run in your in your two services? And, and, and how do you think it's going to be affected after we come back? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Uh, I don't know the exact seating. I know that our first service, when we have, we can have up to 150 people in the first service. And and when we do, I mean, there's hardly no place to sit. So I think I think we probably seat around 180 to 200. That's what they would say, but we can't really do that. So like at 150, I mean, it's almost uncomfortable in there at 150. The second service is not uh, as well attended. And sometimes, some Sundays we may have 100 and some Sundays we may have 60. <laughs> you know, you just mm-hmm, you yeah. just never know about the, the second service. Um, but I think what will probably happen, since I've been at Holly, over the four years that I've been at Holly, the services were equal. There was an equal number in people of the first service and second service. And since I've been here, there's been a migration of people from the second to the first. And I think after this, I may see a migration of first service back to second service. So they have more room and can spread out from other people. That's that's what I feel like I'm going to see moving forward as ministry at Holly. Thomas, it has been a pleasure uh, to discuss this unpleasurable topic, but I enjoy friendship. I'm looking forward to seeing you again live and in face if that day ever comes, and hopefully it will. (laughs) Uh, But man, I want you to be safe. I want your family to be safe, and we want all of our listeners to be safe. Uh, you guys listen, do what the Lord leads you to do, respect people's boundaries and and uh, shelter in place for your safety and for the safety of others. And through it all, we're going to get through this through the grace of the Lord. And so it has been a pleasure. We thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Join us again next time.